ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Tuesday, July 10th edition. Your drive begins now here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan, for the next hour. I'm going to get you home safely, hopefully. We'll get you caught up on everything that's happening today. Our studio producer this afternoon, Gabriel Sellards, and he'll be answering the phones for us at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Man, today's going to be good. i got a lot to get into. Uh, I don't know if we'll get it all in. I, that's my kind of show where I don't know if I'll get it all in. I'm not going to rush, though, because I think everything I've got today needs a little time. And we're going to start with the one piece of news that most of you have been anxiously waiting for. France defeats Belgium, and France advances to the World Cup final. They won the game 1-0. Okay, I know you're all waiting for that piece of information. Now you have it. We can move on with the rest of our day. Uh, Let's start with Louisville. Jeff Goodman tweeted this out earlier today, and I found this really interesting, that former Louisville basketball players and their attorneys are filing a lawsuit against the NCAA pertaining to its vacating of Louisville's 2012 and 2013 men's basketball seasons, including its 2013 championship. Luke Hancock is among the players involved in the lawsuit, the tweet reads. Now, Goodman, of course, is pretty close to almost all situations in college basketball. So uh, that's pretty legit coming from him. What do they think they're going to get out of this? Are they going to get some former glory restored? People are going to still look at them not in the same way they did a few years ago. I don't know if you can ever get that back. But I applaud them for trying because here's my whole issue with this is that sometimes you do more harm than good. When you take something away, a lot of these players didn't have anything to do with some of the allegations. And it's a long list, and I think a court trial would be interesting, to say the least, because that's going to open up the door for a lot of things if it happens. I don't know if it's going to happen. But why is punishing? Because really the only people who get punished are the student-athletes, the institution takes a financial hit. But the only people you punish are the student-athletes and the university in the financial sense. You take that banner down. You've disgraced the university. Taking that banner down, you basically said, nope, there's no champion this year. We're going to take that down. That means you are no longer champions. We're going to erase that from the record books here. It didn't happen. Vacated. No contest. Not champions anymore. And I get that. Louisville saying, okay, we're going to comply with this because we're an NCAA member. We have to. And the players are like, well, wait a minute here. We played that game. We won that game. We are the champions of that year. You can't just come in here and say we're not the champions. So without reading what they hope to gain from this, I can't comment any further other than, I want to see this go to trial. I want to see what they hope to gain from suing about the vacation of the championship. 
That's like, okay, by maybe no fault of your own, you're no longer whatever you are. So what are you going to do about it? Now, this could come out like, okay, this is why we vacated the championship from Louisville. The NCAA could come out with so many reasons and back it up. This might be a case to take on because, again, the NCAA might strengthen their position. But the players feel that you've done some harm to us here. You have taken this away from us. These are actions of administrators, coaches, that you're you're giving us the ultimate punishment. I mean, Rick Pitino got paid. A lot of people at Louisville got paid. Now, Louisville's got to pay some money back. But Rick Pitino... He got paid, and he's still going to get paid. Interesting, to say the least. I, Good luck with this. I don't know how far this will go, but good luck with this. But I think it's at least compelling because players are saying, you're taking, you're, you're taking something from us. There's got to be a, another way to, to throw your punishment around because ultimately we're the ones who are getting hit with this. Now you've you've hit our reputations, you have our championship. I mean, it's not as if the university is making the players give the rings back. I won my championship. I got my championship ring. You got to give that back. Um, no? Really? I don't see that happening. It's not like the Heisman Trophy where you got to give that back. I mean, the Heisman Trophy, this isn't an NCAA issue. But if you're Reggie Bush, you give that thing back. You're not the Heisman winner. We vacated it. And okay, here it is. Here's the here's the Heisman trophy. Maybe a little bit of a different situation because that's an individual award. This is a team championship. It's one thing if you were the guy sitting on the bench for a couple of minutes and you got in, so you got some game time and you're on the championship team, or if you're the starting lineup. I can see where these guys kind of feel like, wait a minute here, you're you're coming after us. So good luck with your lawsuit. We'll be following that as well. Now, softball was without a coach at Marshall University. Right now, looking for a coach. That doesn't mean softball is just sitting twiddling its thumbs because – Softball has a few transfers coming in. Now, they picked up junior Brooke Burns from UNC. Also, they nabbed a young lady by the name of Hannah Jamarino. She's from Bowling Green. And they picked up a junior from Moon Park College. Her name is Sierra Huerto. And so they're going to be a part of the 2018-19 season. Burns is an infielder from Columbia, South Carolina. Played her first two collegiate seasons at UNC. Uh, She's appeared in 38 games with seven runs scored. Burns scored the go-ahead run against North Carolina State in the 2017 ACC semifinals. She, of course, has a connection to West Virginia. The state has a connection with her because her father played football at Glenville State and her grandfather played baseball at West Virginia State. Now, she was a four-time All-State selection while hanging out and doing her thing at Champion High School. She hit over 400 every year of her career and was a finalist for the 2015 South Carolina Softball Player of the Year as a junior. 
Now, uh, Jamarino is an outfielder from Ohio, Amanda, Ohio, to be exact. She played three seasons for Bowling Green. She appeared in 98 games with 79 starts for the Falcons. Jamarino recorded 52 hits, including six doubles, one triple, and three home runs. Started in 47 games. Started in 47 as a sophomore in 2017. So she's been a player. Set career highs in runs, hits, walks, stolen bases while batting 250 for the year. Jamarino played high school and travel ball with current Marshall senior Hayden Ellis. Those two helped lead the Taze Valley High School Vikings to the first state title as seniors in 2015. Now, Huerto is an infielder from Moon Park, California, played two seasons for, I'm sorry, Moore Park. She's from Moore Park, California. I like my version better, Moon Park. I would visit a place called Moon Park, but she's from Moore Park. Yeah, that's uh, R and N. Apparently look the same to me today, but I digress. She's an infielder from Moore Park, California, played two seasons for Moore Park College, and she finished her time at the junior college playing 70 games for the Raiders, hit 469 in her two seasons, finishing with 100 hits, 107 RBIs, 75 runs, 28 doubles, 17 home runs, and 18 stolen bases. Huerto also struck out only six times in 213 at-bats over two years, including just once in 2018, and she had 109 bats that season. She slugged 859, and her on-base percentage is over 500. Huerto is an all-around athlete. She also won first place in shot put in the 2016 Ventura County Championship. So she's got some skills. This said, they're looking for a softball coach right now, but they're not sitting still. Softball is, is making sure they've got some players to go when they get a new coach installed on the program's payroll. So nice pickups today. I still like my name better. Moon Park College? I mean, that'd be a cool Moon Park College? No, it's Moore Park uh, College. But I'm going to Google to see if there is an actual Moon Park College. It might be. And look at you. Our producer, Gabriel Sellers, already jumping on Google to save me the time and energy. We're going to take our first break. i got a lot to get into. Uh, we're going to talk about Idean Penova, his woes right now, and his dream to become an NBA player. Uh, we'll tie Chase Litton into it as well. We've got the USA Today top five receivers if we've got time to get into it. And how does your coach rate as far as the hot seat? Well, we've got the rankings. Where's Doc Holliday? Where's Dana Holgerson at? Where are some of the Conference USA coaches in these rankings? We'll go over all of this and more when we continue the drive coming up here. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to your Tuesday edition here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, we've been following, sadly, not much news, but a little bit of the progress of Ideen Penova. 
I've deemed Panama Defensive Player of the Year, Conference USA. Uh, key component in Marshall's win in the Conference USA Championship, and then, of course, making it to the NCAA Tournament, winning the team's first ever NCAA game. I deemed Panama. I thought it was a big loss when Marshall lost him. And really, he decided he wanted to pursue his NBA career, felt like now was the time, needed to go, felt like he could make a better run if he left and took a different path. Support his decision totally. Very smart young man. He'll be successful in whatever he does. But I don't think NBA basketball is going to be what he does. Because right now, we just haven't seen much from him. And I don't think he's going to make an NBA roster. Now, I could be wrong, and hopefully I am, but I'm just a little disappointed because, one, for him, I'm really disappointed for him, didn't play in the game on Monday. Washington Wizards played Philadelphia, and the Wizards won that game, 87-75. Now, Penova didn't and there's been three games, and he's gotten one game. And he's only managed to block. Missed his field goal attempts, which were a layup and a jump shot. That's it. That's all he had in his only appearance. And, of course, again, he gets a block. He blocks one shot. So he gets a few minutes of playing time, and that's it. And that's not a good sign if you're trying to make an NBA roster and you only get a few minutes of playing time. And that's got to be frustrating for him, one, because he feels like he can play. Two, he's not getting any minutes, so what do you do in that situation? There's not much on you. You don't have much film. You haven't really made an impression. You get in the game, and you don't make that much of an impression. Now, is that because he hasn't had an opportunity to play? Well, there hasn't been that many game opportunities, so maybe not that. I'm disappointed for him because I think there would have been a better path for him. And you got to support this kid. Made his decision. But he could have stayed another year, played at Marshall, been a superstar hero on campus. He would have been, he would have had so much to look forward to. Another run in Conference USA, possibly a Conference USA championship, possibly a run in the NCAA tournament. Those things are right in front of him. And you do that, you get some more playing time, you get another year to develop, and then you make your run. You make your bid for the NBA. John Elmore, I love the way he's handling his business. John has decided to go, work out, see what they say, see how they evaluate him, listen, learn, and then bring it back, work on his game, and then go another year. I think when John is done, he'll be ready for the NBA, or at least he'll have a legitimate shot of getting in. Either maybe he'll be a second-round draft pick. Who knows? Maybe he'll get picked up by a team and make a roster. But I think that was the better path. I mean, C.J. Burks is doing the same thing. C.J. put the feelers out. Okay, what do you think? How do you evaluate me? What do I got to work on? What's my game like? Do you think it's NBA ready? And you get positive, valuable feedback. Now, you could still take the chance. 
okay, I'm going to give up the college basketball playing and I'm going to take a chance here. It's more valuable to play on a college roster, I think, than play in the D-League. And we're playing summer ball right now. It's just more valuable. You're going to get seen. You're going to get followed. You're going to have plenty of time to work on your game. And it's just a better path. Now, I support the kid completely. This is the path he chose. you got to support that. You just feel disappointed because so much was still in front of him. And you hate to see it just end. You leave college a few months later. Okay, you've made your run. Maybe you get an outside shot. Maybe you're playing overseas. That could work for him and then come back. Maybe you could work your way back. It doesn't always end in, all right, that's it, you're done. Thanks for playing. It was nice knowing you. There are ways back. I mean, We've seen basketball players play overseas and then make their way into the NBA. They might not be the LeBron James of the world, but they make their way back. I mean, we've seen players make their way from the Canadian Football League onto an NFL roster. Again, might not be the Tom Brady's of the world, but they make a roster. You don't have to be the biggest man, the biggest paycheck, to have a good career playing professional sports. But if you're going to give it your best shot, I think there just had to be another way. Patience sometimes is not a virtue that a lot of people have. you got to be patient about this because he could have had another year to get bigger, stronger, better, understand the game more. You have a coach in Dan D'Antoni who's been in the NBA. I think he's a guy that could legitimately help you get ready. He'll give you one of the best shots you could possibly get. Now, are the facilities the best at Marshall? No, they're not. The facilities are not the best at Marshall. Is a a better facility going to necessarily give you an edge? Well, some people think so. And yes, you do need to work on facilities. Facilities need to be improved. Not just at Marshall. Everywhere college basketball is played, somebody's got a facility woe. Unless you are one of the elite basketball programs in college basketball and the revenue stream is unending, you've got what you've got. And you've got to make do, and you've got to improve them the best way you can, and you've got to maintain them the best way you can. You have to make some decisions sometimes. What's more important? But yes, facilities are important. Not the end-all, but very important. Indoor practice facility, very important. Other schools have got them too, so what's next? And that leads me to a situation where Okay, you've got Ideen Pinova trying to make his shot. And he leaves, wishing the well, wishing the best of luck, and you're not seeing much out of him. Now, another guy who might have a better shot at sticking around is Chase Litton. He might have a shot, eventually, of sticking around and being part of the NFL. Now... I don't want to go too deep into it right now because you're still fighting an uphill battle. But quarterbacks, let's be honest, they're a dime a dozen. You need a quarterback, you can go get a quarterback. So he's got an uphill struggle. I got this story today. Now, 
this story interesting because it might be more hype than anything. This comes from Chief's Wire off USA Today. And Charles Goldman from Chief's Wire writes that Chase Litton hasn't been able to get too many repetitions during offseason workouts thus far as the Chiefs' current number four quarterback. But when he has gotten an opportunity, he's made the most of it. Goldman adds, Obviously, you have to take most things coming from a player's agency of salt. They're always going to do what they can to make their guys look good. In this case, however, they're right on the money with Litton. During team periods and OTAs, he was able to complete most of his passes, given he's getting like a maximum of five passes per team session when nothing was there. Litton pulled the football down and ran with it, or he threw the ball away. Those aren't the typical moves you see from a rookie quarterback, let alone one that didn't get drafted. So that's from Chiefs Wire. Now, I like where he says, you have to take things with a grain of salt. Yes, there's a hype machine involved. I even got handed this story from uh, our news director, and news director Bill Cornwell said, um, quote me on the show. Okay. Bill says this is dubious. Wow, Bill, a little hate there. Yeah, this is a P this this looks like PR. This this reads like PR. Litton's not getting many opportunities, but boy, when he does, they're great. Those three passes were fantastic. Let's talk about the spiral on those. Yeah, you got to. You're going to have to hype that up. Um, Here's another young man who I'm not sure is going to find a spot in the NFL. If he does, great. I'm looking forward to it. But I'm not sure. I'm just not sure that he didn't do more damage to himself. Instead of staying, playing with Marshall another year, Maybe work your way into a, a more um, brighter spot. A brighter spot. Because you got a, a team coming back with a lot of components. Maybe you make your run. Maybe you show everybody on you, look what I can do. Maybe you win an East Division title. Maybe you get to the Conference USA Championship game. You win that. And then you go get another bowl victory. And then you can say, look, look what I've done. Got a little bit more to my resume now. And I know there are going to be players who always will take the opportunity, if they can get it, to leave early and go to the NFL or the NBA. And if you are a first-round pick, by all means, go. Get paid. If you're a second-round pick, I'm not sure you go. There's still a lot of money to be had here, but are you a second-round pick because there are a lot of players coming out that make you a second-round pick, and normally you might be a first-rounder, just there's so many first-rounders out there that you fell, or is there something you can do to improve your stock? In the case of Ideen Penova, I think you improve your stock by sticking it out in college, playing another year, then you go make your run. I think in the case of Chase Litton, 
There are more opportunities, more roster spots. Maybe he's going to stick. He's getting an opportunity, but again, I don't know what his resume would have looked like if he stayed at Marshall. Maybe this was, he felt, now or never, i got to make that shot. I can, I can get on with somebody and then work my way up. Because I didn't see Chase Litton as a quarterback being drafted. Now, could he be a good backup in the NFL? Certainly. Could be a good backup. Is he going to be a quarterback that's going to start in the NFL on a consistent basis? I say no. Time only tells, but I say no. I don't think he's a starter in the NFL on a regular basis. Hopefully, get some game action, some real game action. Put him in a situation or two, and he's got a chance to maybe improve his stock. Maybe he goes out there and shows everybody up. And then you see, okay, this Litton kid knew what he was talking about. He knew he had a shot. That's the story. I want to come back here and talk about the fact that Chase Litton absolutely proved that he had what it takes to be a player in the NFL. Not just sitting on the bench, but a player in the NFL. I want that story. I don't think it's going to happen. And I want the same story for Ideen Peneva. I want to hear that Ideen Peneva has made a team in the NBA. I want to hear that he's going out there working his tail off and he's getting results. I think he would have served himself better sticking around at Marshall. I didn't think it was uh, wise to follow his family advice. What do you do, though? It's your family. That's the problem sometimes, though. The family, they're thinking, oh, yeah, my kid can do this. My son, yeah, and it's great to have someone believe in you. It's fan, But the family's getting into players' ears. Like, yeah, you got this. No, no, you don't listen to what your coach has. No, 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 you're great. Yeah, you're going to go, you're going to make it to the NBA. It's going to be fantastic. You've got what it takes. And I like this kid a lot. I just wish that uh, he, we would have had more of him at Marshall. 304-399-8255. Toll free is going to be 877-420-8255. We got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. To the phones we go. We got Bill checking in from Huntington. Go ahead, Bill. You're on The Drive. What's up? Paul, I doubt that you'll ever run into this again, but uh, Chapin High School is actually pronounced Chapin High School. Chapin High School. Yeah, yeah, okay. I taught in that school district for six years, and so yeah, I lived around there, so that's the only reason why I know that. Let me write that so, down right now. Yeah, good question. Well, yeah, you'll never run into it again, but that's okay. Uh, I was going to comment on the uh, Penova's situation, and I don't think it's as dire as what you uh, have presented. There's a couple things different between uh, basketball and football. Uh, one of the things is there are a bunch of, I shouldn't say a bunch, there's a number of high-level and second-level leagues around the world. And the second-level leagues even tend to pay more than the G League does. And it's not just getting into games, which he's obviously not been getting into games, but it's the workouts which are filmed, uh, 
you know, whether he's coachable, that sort of thing. I'm not saying that he made a good decision. I'm just saying that that's not. It's not the same things it is with uh, Litton. It's not a parallel situation. Yeah, because with Litton, you have um, you have the NFL. You got two, and you and got the, the Canadian CFL, Football League. Two, yeah, yeah. There's there's two there's two basically high level professional football teams in the world. I mean, football leagues in the world, and it's the NFL is obviously the best, and CFL is the uh, is the next one. The the next thing about uh, Litton's situation is uh, he left school not necessarily with the idea he would. Uh, make an NBA squad this year anyway or play any uh, organized ball. Uh, his stated goal was to stay in California, work out, work on his body, and work on his individual skills as a basketball player. And uh, even though the rules have loosened up in college ball, uh, there's only a, a you know, certain small amount, relatively small amount of time that coaches can spend with the player off-season according to NCAA rules. And that's and that and that's one of the, I think that's probably one of the reasons why he and his family decided to to go this route. And you have to bear in mind his mom's a medical doctor, so it's not like he's gonna even if it's, she's in Bosnia, it's probably not like they're starving to death. Yeah, no, she time. she's not gonna be uh, she's not gonna be out in the uh, in the cold. Yeah. I get that completely, yeah. but I think it's more valuable to have a good run in college basketball than it is maybe go to the G League, play overseas. I just think that I, it's, it's I, better. I used to. I, I would have thought that ten years ago. I don't think so anymore. Um, there's the G League. Um, there, there's there's people. There's players that come out of the G League that obviously do well in the NBA. But if you take a look at the if you take a look at the players coming out of European ball, the high-level leagues in European ball, it's obviously a much you know, higher level of ball than uh, just about anything else uh, except the NBA. I hope and the kid – I mean, I really hope he, he makes a team. I mean, ultimately, I want him to make a team. I thought he would just I don't benefit. Think, I don't think you'll ever – I agree with you. I don't think – be honest about it. I don't, I don't really think he's ever going to play NBA basketball. But what I do – think he might be able to do is play in uh you know playing as a high level european league team or even the the highest level israeli team or israel team and there's good there's good living to be made even if you aren't aren't in the nba but how do you so but wouldn't you help your stock i know we're talking one year but wouldn't one year in college basketball with the thought of maybe another run in conference usa Maybe another appearance in the NCAA tournament, and everything that comes with that, break some records, get some accolades. I think that just adds to your resume. I mean, to your point, yes, there's a lot going on behind I, the scenes, I, but I, I think that helps a player be seen more. I mean, John Elmore's taking that route, and I think John's well, making the right he, decision. Well, he's, yeah, he's I, I, he's taking that route. I I can't say there's a right or wrong answer about. That what you just said except you just said maybe twice the you know the, the the thing is is how is he best going to develop into a professional basketball player whether it be in the nba or whether it be in italy and that that's the decision they had to make i would i would bet that they consulted uh uh, uh dan d'antoni about this also and you know, it's, it's one of those things. It would have been good for Marshall for Penova to stay. I'm not as convinced that it would have been as good for for Penova to stay. 
and I, I'm not I'm not saying this with any certain certitude at all. I'm just saying that I'm just saying that there's an argument to be made, a valid argument to be made on, in his case for leaving. Uh, his body was way underdeveloped to be in a you know in a major college basketball program for you know basically three years. That's that's one thing for certain. So the question and, I ask here then is, what does Marshall need to do to improve the situation? I, I you know be honest be honest about it. They they brought him in as a project, and obviously he made tremendous strides. I mean, more sure strides did. than they probably. Uh, you know, it's I can't say if they need to do anything different except make sure you had air conditioned, uh, uh, you know, the, the cam, and make sure you have a practice facility. I don't know that I don't know they could have done anything different. And it might be that ten of us, you know, with tall people, you know, we tend to look at the basketball players, but with tall people, they generally don't form their muscles and everything until later on in life. I thought he was a great project, and, that, and I really thought he had vastly improved and I was hoping to see another year of that. I, I think my argument is also that another year in college gives you a protective cushion, just one more year to advance further. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but I, you know, I, again, I don't disagree with that. I'm, I don't think there's really a, a, a Truly correct answer is I don't think it's black and white. Yeah, I think what it is is I would like to see the kid play another year in college, and he decided that he needed to go this path, and it's not necessarily right. the wrong path. It's not necessarily the right path either. It's just the decision he made because there are so many factors in, involved in this. Uh, and you know what? When you go into the NBA and declare, there's also outside factors. You have no control. Who else is coming out? Yeah, maybe exactly. one year you're a first-rounder for a lot of these kids. The next year you're not a first-rounder because somebody else is coming out and their stock's a little higher. That's that's exactly true, and that's that's the reason why there's a whole – I mean, the NBA's not – well, you're right. I mean, the NBA's sort of a crapshoot unless you're – you know, unless you're one of the elite, you know, basically 50 players in the whole world if you come right down to it. Uh and again, and again, you know, I'll just reiterate one more thing. There's other, there's other basketball leagues which I think Panava's particular skill set suits better anyway. And that would be, uh, you know, it, it's not, you know, he can be a, you know, if you take a look at, if you take a look at the Spanish leagues, the, uh, you know, the upper level Italian and Spanish leagues are reiterate, uh, even in Israel and China, there's high level basketball played. And Panama's got a better employment situation than an American with a similar situation because he's, you know, a lot of these foreign teams have a, uh, basically a quota where you can only have, you know, two or three, sometimes four Americans on the roster. And he's not an American. He's, you know, so that doesn't count, may not count against their roster, uh, uh, exemptions. I couldn't think of the right word, but. That's yeah, same thing right. with the Canadian League in a way because the Canadian League can only take X amount of American players, and they've had right. yeah, and so they it's very only, difficult to get on in the first have, place. Right, and they, and and it even goes beyond that. They they can only have so many. Uh, they have to have so many Canadians on the field at the same time. Now, you know, it's in the CFL, but uh, 
you know, it's just like I said, just like I just to say it one more time. I don't think Penova's situation is as black as white. I definitely think Linton made a mistake. I, you know, looking at it from an objective point of view, I'm not certain that Penova made a mistake. He may have, but I don't. You know, I'm not convinced of that. All right, Bill. Appreciate the phone call. We got to hit the break. Okay. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. All right, we're going to take our last break, come back, and wrap it up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Told you it would be fun today. A lot of stuff I didn't get to. Glad I didn't get to it. That means we got into a lot of other things. Uh, what did I learn today? I learned how to pronounce Hannah Jamarino. And Sierra Huerta, I thought that was a big deal today, seeing some players come in for Marshall softball. We also learned today that Ideen Penova maybe he's not going to make it right away to the NBA roster, but there's still hope for him. He's got a better shot of being a pro than Chase Litton. I think that's a fair assessment after listening to today's show. That's going to do it for this edition of the program. Back tomorrow for our Wednesday edition. Hope you can join us. Looking forward to it. We've got baseball coming up later tonight and then tomorrow afternoon with the Pirates trying to work their way back to where they were earlier this season. Can they do it? Find out starting tonight here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. For our producer Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. We'll talk about the, um, the coach hot seat list. We'll get into that tomorrow. For Gabriel and Paul, good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.